Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. How many of you thank God for the Word? How many of you know this is a road map? And you can get to heaven by reading this, this road map. Amen. Amen. This is more than just a religious book. It's more than just a historical book. This is a book of life. Hallelujah. This is the book of life. Amen. Thanks be to God who always gives us victory through Christ Jesus. I found that in this book. What about you? Amen. I'd like you to turn with me, if you would please, to Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. And verses 23 and 24, we are talking about the subject of prayer. And we've stated time and time again that it's absolutely important for each and every one of us to develop an effective prayer life. And we gave many reasons why we should do that. All of which I believe are important. This evening I'd like to talk to you about perseverance in prayer. But first I want to reiterate a few points that we made in our last meeting. From Mark 11, 23 and 24. We'll read those verses, we'll pray, and then we'll get right into it. It says in verse 23, Mark 11, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And if you haven't done so already, mark it in your Bible, that this is the law of faith. And verse 24 is the prayer of faith. It says, therefore, I say unto you, in other words, based on what I've already said in verse 23, what things soever you desire when ye pray. God is very specific in saying this to us. Believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Our Heavenly Father, as we study your word together, we do so inviting the spirit of the living God to rise up big in our midst to unveil the deep, rich treasures of your word unto our spirits, that it may illuminate our minds. And be quickened in all of our lives that we would rise up as doers of the word and not hearers only. We believe that your word will not return to you void. It will accomplish the purpose of your will and that which you please in all of our lives. I personally thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Speak through my lips. Think through my thoughts. And make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to proclaim with accuracy and boldness this knowledge of the truth that sets men free. We'll give you all the glory for all that's accomplished in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We said that there are certain steps that we are to follow when it comes to praying the prayer of faith. There are different kinds of prayers to pray according to the Word of God, but we've talked about the prayer of faith first of all. And there are certain steps we're to follow. And the first step we said was the step of being decisive. Know what you want from God. Don't beat around the bush. If you want tires, ask for tires. Amen. If you want five dollars, ask for five dollars. If you want your body healed, don't just say, well, bless me, Lord. That's not enough. So you see this thing here on my belly? I want it healed. Praise God. That's what I'm asking for. You see this little thing on my arm right here? That's what I want. I want that thing removed from my arm. Whatever. Be specific. Be decisive. Know what it is. You want direction for your life? Say, Father, I'm coming to you for direction for my life. And then secondly, we said, find the Scriptures. Look to the Word of God. Find the Scriptures that promise you the answer. We have really no place going to God before the throne without knowing what He said about the subject. If I don't know what he said, then I'm going in there ignorant of his will. And I don't want to do that. I need to know what God said. I can't find out what he said unless I read this book and find out what he said. And so make certain that you take time to read the scriptures that promise you what it is that you want from him. And the third thing we are to do after you have discovered that, and we said this, while you're meditating all that, You're going to have a revelation from God. You're going to have the Spirit of God enlarge your vision and maybe give you some insight as to what you should be doing. And so make certain that you do that. But thirdly, you have to ask. I said you have to ask. You have not because you ask not. 
Ask and you shall receive. If asking is prayer, receiving is the answer to prayer. If seeking, you see, is, is prayer, then you shall find is the answer to prayer. If knocking is prayer, then the door being open is the answer to prayer. Can you say amen? That's the answer to it. Not slamming the door in your face. <laughs> not I'm wandering about aimlessly, not knowing where I'm going. No, you'll find. Amen. So be specific and then ask God. Ask Him what you want. And then the fourth step, which is absolutely important. Believe, he said right here in Mark eleven twenty four. This is the prayer of faith. Believe that you have received it. And I like to add this to it. Believe that you've received it in the supernatural realm or spiritual realm. And you shall have it in the natural realm. But initially, you are to believe you have received it in the spiritual realm that you may have it in the natural realm. So your responsibility in mind is to believe I have received it in the supernatural realm. Do you see that? And you can't see anything in the supernatural realm, can you? No, you can't see anything with the naked eye in the nat- supernatural realm. So don't focus in on the natural realm. As a matter of fact, look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. The fourth step is to believe that you have received it in the supernatural realm so that you may have it in the natural realm. If you don't believe you have received it in the supernatural realm, it will not show up in the natural realm. So therefore, believe you have received it in the supernatural realm that you may have it in the natural realm. Now, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18 says, while we look not at the things which are seen. I mean, that's emphatic, isn't it? While we look not at the things which are seen, but... At the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or subject to change. And the things that are not seen are eternal. So why should we be looking at things that are subject to change when we can be looking at things that change not? God's Word doesn't change. God doesn't change. What He says doesn't change. You know the condition of your arm can change from day to day. But with His stripes you are healed does not change from day to day. Do you ever notice that? God always says the same thing. So while we look not at that which is seen, but at the unseen. And that's what he's saying here. Believe that you receive it in the spiritual sense, that you may have it in the natural sense. And that's step number four. And then step number five was absolutely refuse to doubt. Refuse to doubt. Just don't do it. Keep Satan in the arena of faith in the spiritual realm. And don't allow him to take you into the realm of doubt and unbelief, which is the emotional or mental realm. And in that, what we do is we submit to God and resist the devil. When we keep focus on the spiritual realm, we are submitting to God. We are refusing to doubt. Satan will come along and say, you didn't get it. And you'll start saying, as far as I'm concerned, I have already received it from my Father who loves me. You have submitted to God. You have resisted the devil. He has no choice but to flee from you, and that means run from you as in terror. And so as long as you will continue to submit and resist and refuse to doubt, you are keeping things where they belong in the supernatural realm. The next thing is also to continue meditating the promise. Why? Because, remember, we must continue to keep the Word alive on the inside of us. And that means as long as we keep it before us, it is going to have its place in our lives. We'll enshrine the Word within our hearts. As we protect it there, as we keep it there, it will continue to grow and grow and develop on the inside of us until it produces fruit. God is watching over it to perform it. But we must cooperate with Him. So we continue to keep the Word before us. See, if we're not willing to do that, then we're not all that interested in getting an answer to prayer, are we? If we're interested in getting an answer to prayer, then we're going to do what he said do. Amen. Amen. And then the last thing is to continue giving thanks and praise to God because you believe you've received something from him. And you're going to glorify him and magnify him and praise him and thank him for whatever it was that you asked him for. If it was your deliverance, I thank God I am delivered. And when the devil says, but you don't look delivered, you don't feel delivered, you say, but you're the father of liars and you lied right now. The word says I'm delivered. I say I'm delivered. God said I'm delivered. I'm delivered. But he'll come along again at a more opportune time and start saying, well, you don't smell delivered. 
And you'll say, it doesn't matter to me what you think. As far as I'm concerned, the Word says I'm delivered. God the Father says I'm delivered. God the Son says I'm delivered. The Holy Ghost in me says I'm delivered. I say I'm delivered. And that settles it. You're submitting to God. You're resisting the devil. Are you delivered? You're not basing it on what anybody else says. You're basing it on what God says. And you're giving thanks to God. You're praising Him and you're magnifying Him and you're glorifying Him in the fact that you are delivered. Now, what I'd like to do is have you turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And we're going to pick up tonight's message called Perseverance in Prayer. And as I, before I make this, read this verse rather, let me make this statement. Prayer is joining forces together with God. Prayer is not a struggle with God. See, tradition has said, if you beat on the heavenly door long enough, hard enough, and you keep annoying God with your persistence, he'll finally get worn down, you'll wear him down, and he'll drop a mercy drop, a blessing upon you. And if that fails, you get a team with a battering ram. You take ten steps back and you say, look out, Gabriel. Step aside, Michael. I'm coming through the pearly gates. I'm going to bombard heaven until I get blessed. Wait a minute. Prayer is not a struggle with God. Have we forgotten that the gates are already open? That God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings? We're not struggling with God to get an answer to prayer. Our battle's not with Him at all. Prayer is joining forces together with God. In other words, teaming up together with Him to carry out His will on the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants His will done on earth in our lives, doesn't He? And so we are joining forces together with Him. So let's view prayer this way. I'm hooking up with Him by following these steps. He wants me blessed. He set all that in motion. I'm hooking up together with Him. And as a result of my cooperation, He now can move through my life on the earth and manifest the blessing. Can you see that? We're not bombarding heaven's gates. We have no spiritual battering rams, do we? No. We're just joining together with God. Well, Ephesians 6 and verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for our saints. Now, notice the word perseverance. And make note of this. Perseverance is a key ingredient. A key ingredient. To getting results in prayer. Perseverance is a key ingredient to getting results in prayer. Well, if it is, I think we should understand it, shouldn't we? By definition, to persevere means to continue in a given course. From a desire to obtain an object. To continue in a given course from a desire to obtain an object. In other words, there is something I want to achieve or to obtain. And I'm going to continue in this course of action. I'm going to continue pursuing in a certain way because of the strong desire I have inside me to obtain an object. It also means to continue from a determination of will and not to give up. To continue from a determination of will and not give up. You're not going to give up. You're not going to abandon the project. Can you see that? That's what perseverance means. That's what it means to persevere. I'm going to continue on a specific outline course of action. With a determined will, I will not give up from a strong desire to obtain an object. And it also means to pursue it steadily. To pursue it steadily. Well, when a person 
sets out to reach God by following those specific steps, you have started a specific course of action. Once you have set that in motion and you're on that course, we are to continue on the same course from a desire to obtain the object, from a determination of the will that says, I will not give up. Give up is not in my vocabulary. And I will not abandon the project. I'm going to continue steadily on this course until results come forth. Now, that's exactly what it means to persevere. Now, while one is persevering, do you know what takes place? Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, of course, that's the Hall of Fame, the Faith Hall of Fame, Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. This is what takes place while one is persevering in prayer. Now, faith is the assurance or the confirmation or the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. As you stay on this faith course, believing that you have received something from God, persevering in faith, as you continue doing that, this faith is at work in the supernatural world where you've already believed you have received something. On the earth, in the natural world, you are saying that you have received something from God without seeing it. You believe you have received something from God without any evidence of the five senses. Your faith is at work. It's called the sixth sense. And it is cooperating with you as you cooperate with it. And what you need from God is beginning to materialize. And as you continue on that course, you know the end result will be a manifestation of that thing in the physical world. But your focus is not on that manifestation. Your focus is on that which is not seen. You're not looking for that thing to be removed from your body because your focus is on, I have already received it healed. And as you stay focused in the spiritual world, the natural world will take care of itself. Your faith is out there working for you. Things are happening as you are making your confession of faith, believing you have received your answer to prayer. Okay? Now, what I'd like us to do is analyze the course that we have commenced. If you think about it. First of all, you've decided what you wanted from God. You've found all the scriptures that promised you your answer. And you meditated those scriptures to see to it that the Spirit of God would give you guidance. And any illumination that you might need to do the right thing to receive whatever it is you asked God for. You asked the Father to meet that need, whatever it may have been. You believe He heard you when you asked Him, and therefore you have received your need met. You have stood your ground when Satan tried to get you in doubt by submitting to God and resisting the devil. When he told you you didn't get it, you said, you're the father of liars, I have received it. When he said, look and see that you're not healed, you said, my faith is not based on my eyes or my evidence of the senses. You said, my faith is based on the word of God alone. You submitted to God, you resisted the devil, you continued to meditate the word that promised you the answer, and you praise God that I'm free. That's the course that you began. That's the course that you are on. Now, the next day after you've done this, you don't start out the day by saying, Lord, heal my body. Now, listen carefully. You know why? If you were traveling from Pennsylvania to California and you went an entire day, as long as you can drive without passing out. I don't know how far that is for you. For me, it's not very far. I don't sleep much. And when the sun rises, look out. <laughs> you know. But if you travel, let's say, a thousand miles. A thousand miles. And you f- figure, well, it's time to stop and take a nap. Stay at a hotel somewhere or wherever. Spent the night there. How would you feel if you woke up in Pennsylvania? 
Would you like that? After traveling a thousand miles? You woke up in Pennsylvania? And so he just got back in the car again and just took off and drove another thousand miles, got to the same place and said, I can't drive anymore. Let's go to sleep. And you woke up in Pennsylvania again. The second day. After the third or fourth or fifth day, would you get a little bit annoyed? Wouldn't you? Where do you want to arrive? You want, what's your destination? You want to get to California, don't you? But every, after every day, you keep on going back to Pennsylvania. When people say, Lord, the next day, I thought you healed my body when I prayed yesterday, but I still see that it's there. And then you say, well, Lord, did you heal my body? When you, you go right back to the beginning. Right back to the beginning. It didn't say to get off the course and go back to the beginning. What did it say? Stay on the course. The only way you're going to arrive in California is staying on the course and don't go back to the beginning. And when people start asking God over again for the very thing they asked for yesterday, they're going right back to the beginning and they're starting all over again. And that's why no one ever arrives at anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> Think about it for a while. Because you see, we lack perseverance. If you lack perseverance, you see, you're not staying on the same course and following the same course of action long enough to get to California. We've got to stop going back to Pennsylvania. <laughs> got to continue on going forward to California. Can you see that? So don't say, now, Lord, the next day, oh, deliver me, Lord. See, a lot of people are not schooled along these lines of faith. And faith makes prayer work. It's not prayer that makes faith work. It's faith that makes prayer work. And what we've got to learn to do is stay on course. Don't pick up back in PA. Pick up in Tulsa. It's a thousand miles. It's where you were. Keep that go from there. It'd be a whole lot easier to get to California just... Keeping those thousand miles, you know, intact and then going forward. Can you see that? And so what you do is when you get up the next day, you're persevering in the same course of action. You're saying, Lord, I know you said in your word I can have this. I found the scriptures that promised me the answer. I asked you for it. I believe I received it. The devil can't make me doubt. I'll meditate the word today. I thank you for healing my body. You did that on day two. Can you see that? Now, when the third day comes along, what do you do? You go back to PA? Or do you stay on the same course of action? You're in Arizona now. Can you see that? And so on that day, when you get up, you say, Thank God. I asked you. I believe I received it. Therefore, I have it. It's mine now. The devil's a liar. I'll not submit to him. I submit to you, to the counsel of your word. Doesn't matter what my senses tell me. Doesn't matter what the doctor says. Doesn't matter what the psychologist says. What matters is what you said, Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm free. I'm free. Have it now. You are getting close to California. You are getting close to California. Can you see that? Stay on course. Don't veer off. Stay on course. And stay on the same course that you began to pursue. With the determination of will that says, I will not abandon the course of action I have begun to take. Can you see that? And so you continue going forward. And you're staying with this, of course, knowing that. Now, please listen carefully. Knowing that there will be a manifestation of it someday, but that is not your focus. Your focus is always in the past or present tense. Please make note of this. Faith is not in the future realm. Faith is always in the past and present tense. If you ever find yourself saying you're going to get anything someday, you are not in faith, you are in hope. That is future. When one has released his faith or her faith, it's like this. I ask God, I have received. Therefore, God is, that's present tense, at work in me now. 
He is quickening my mortal body now. I have received the healing I ask God for. I have received the deliverance I ask God for. The Spirit of God is at work in me now. Thanks be to God, I am free is present tense. Not I will be free. I am free. See, that's the course that you're on. And we don't want to get off that course. We want to stay there, praise God. Well, as we are staying on that course, what does the word say in Isaiah 55? Let's turn there and find out. I know what it says. I just want to know if you know where Isaiah is at. Isaiah 55. In verse 6 it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the upright or the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. He will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down from heaven, or down in the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Amen. You are giving God His word... And you're on a course, a heavenly bound course. Forget California. There's nothing in that place, that state, for you to get supernaturally. Unless you go to a meeting somewhere. (laughs) But I'm talking about your healing is not there. All that we need comes from above, from the Father of lights. You're making connection with heaven. Can you see that? And as you continue on that course, speaking the word, God is watching over his word to perform it. We are now not thinking like we should normally think. Because the way one normally thinks is, if I have a, something on my body and I see it there, the natural mind says it's, it's there, I see it, and therefore I'm not healed. But you're not thinking those thoughts anymore. You're not thinking that way anymore because God's thoughts and ways are higher than ours, right? You're saying, well, I see it with my eye, but I've learned that there's something that's even better to believe than what my eye says. I believe there's something bigger because God said in his word, I am healed to believe. So I believe I'm healed. Not based on what I see, based on what I know from the word of God. I'm operating in God's ways and God's thoughts. And I know that as I do... God's word will not return to him void. It shall accomplish that which he pleases. It will prosper in the thing whereto he sent it. And he sent his word to heal you and deliver you from your destructions or afflictions. So you're operating in this higher thing called faith. It's called a higher truth. You're staying on that heavenly course. You're not abandoning it. You're staying there. You're sticking with it. You're saying what God said about the situation because you've already released your faith. And now God is watching over his word. To perform it in your life. Alright. Now why is it. And this is the biggie. Why is it. Here we want to whine a little bit. Now Lord why is it that it doesn't happen instantaneously. Every time I say it. Wouldn't you like that? God has a microwave oven. Mm, We'd like that wouldn't we? Well it just doesn't work that way. You've got to stay on that course and don't get off that course. You've got to have a bulldog tenacity. You've got to say, I'm not going to let go. The devil will try to shake your faith. You say, I'm not going to let go. You've got to stick with it. You've got to stay with it and not let go of what the answer is. That's where your focus is. That's the course that you are on. You are not letting go. Okay. Now, Daniel chapter 10 will tell us why things don't happen instantly. Some things do. Many things don't. In Daniel chapter 10, we read in verse 2, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. That's 21 days. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. For 21 days he was seeking the Lord. 
He was on a certain course. He stayed with it. I can't imagine. The second day went by. The third day went by. Daniel was not going to change his course. He stuck with it. He stayed with it. He didn't abandon it. Why? Because he wanted to obtain an object. He had an object to obtain. And so he stayed with it. Let's read on down to verse 10. And behold, a hand touched me, was set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the 21st day... For from the 19th day, maybe the Amplified has says a little bit different. From the 13th day, from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, your words were heard. And I am come for thy words. Do you get that? First day. In other words, the moment the words fell from your lips in faith, I heard you and I was dispatched on that day at that moment. Can you see that? But now let's, you see, we have the benefit of reading this whole, about this whole thing. You think Daniel had a, you know, video camera there or something like that and someone was showing him what was about to take place? No. He just persevered for 21 days. He stuck with it. Perseverance is stick-to-it-tiveness. Stick-to-it-tiveness. Stick to it. Stick with it. Don't move. Stay there. Amen. Although you'll be tempted to. He stayed with it for 21 days and acted the same way 21 days. But the angel was dispatched at the moment his words were spoken from the moment he set his heart to seek the face of God. But in verse 13, we have the reason why or the answer to the question, why is it that things don't happen instantaneously all the time? Well, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. One and 20, 20 days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. There are always going to be things that will try to hinder our answers to prayer. Whether they're circumstances, situations, feelings, or many things can hinder the answer to prayer. Demon powers, evil spirits, bringing confusion to the human mind and all that stuff. There are powers arrayed against us that will do their best to attempt us to abandon the course we began. And so it's important that we understand that. Because if you're not prepared, can you see you'll find yourself maybe a thousand miles away and going back to the beginning. And not understanding why I can't get my prayer answered. Then you get down the road a little bit and then you're going back to the beginning. See, we go through this. If we're not taught, we go through this. But I asked the Lord 25 days in a row. That's, that's the problem. You asked him 24 times too much. Because it doesn't say keep on asking him for the thing that you wanted. It says, whatever you ask in prayer, believing. Not continuing to ask. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you have received it. Go on believing you've received it in the spiritual world and you will have it in the natural world. Can you see this? Your part, my part is to go on believing I have received it in the spiritual world. I'm not to be concerned about the natural world. Can you see that? Go on believing you have received it in the spiritual world and you will have it in the natural world. My part is not to be concerned about the natural world, but go on believing I have received it in the spiritual world. That's the course I'm on. That's the course we can't get off. We abandon that course. We get back down into doubt and unbelief. We abandon the whole thing. Okay. And so we have powers arrayed against us, endeavoring to prevent us from experiencing the results to our prayers by getting us to abandon the course that we're on. And you know what? After the 20th day, I think his knees might have been a little bit sore. Don't you think? 
You can become discouraged sometimes unless you understand what you're doing and what's taking place in the spiritual world. Now, to give you an example or an instance, in some cases, people have got to be dealt with before an answer can come to your praying. People have got to be dealt with. For example, if you're asking God to send forth a laborer, you're using your faith to believe that God is going to send forth the labor across someone's path. Let me just illustrate. Here you are, you're praying a prayer. In that prayer you say, so-and-so needs saved. So-and-so definitely is one who is out there in the harvest, right? Okay. So, Father, you told me in Matthew 9, 38, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he send forth labors into the harvest, right? And so I have a basis for faith now, don't I? I can pray and ask the Father to send someone and believe that when I ask him, he heard me and someone is now being sent. Do you believe that? Amen. Okay. But did you know this? We're not always spiritually in tune. And so God moves by his spirit upon Bill, right? And Bill just said, was that you, Lord? You want me to go talk to that person over there? Nah, wasn't you. Must, must have been something I just thought up by myself. And so I go about my business. You see why it's delayed? So he goes over to Mary. Hey, Mary, stop putting on that makeup. Listen to what I have to say to you. You see that fellow right over there? You got to talk to him about Jesus. But Lord, I still have the upper lip to do. And the Lord says, Eve. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> you will dismiss the service. I'll be locked in my office. <laughs> Eve. And so, you know, Mary goes about doing her thing, see. And so the Lord says, I don't know if he scratches his head or what, but. He moves upon somebody. You see the delay? People have to be dealt with to carry out the program of God on the earth. And so what do you do? Thank you, Father, for sending the labor. And so God's moving by his spirit. He now is over Jack's house. And Jack says, but Lord, understand, the toilet is broken. I have got to fix it. And so the Lord says, oh, you know, who's available? And so he moves by his spirit upon somebody else. And finally someone answers the voice of the Lord and says, I will go. Well, that was about three weeks later. Can you see that? I'll give you another illustration. The Lord moves upon, well, he moved upon my heart one time and said, give so-and-so a certain amount of money. <laughs> okay. Now, here's so-and-so. So-and-so is following step-by-step instruction. This individual looked to the Word of God, discovered that God would supply his need. Went through all the steps, meditated the Word, asked God for it, believed he had received it, resisted the devil, meditated the Word, and was thanking God that he had received this amount of money. So God moves upon me, my heart, my mind says, give so-and-so a certain amount of money. But I already had that check written out to someone else and thought, in my own human reasoning... So-and-so is loaded. Why in the world would you be instructing me to give so-and-so a certain amount of money? I think so-and-so can use it a whole lot more. It's nice to play God, isn't it? (laughs) To make a long story short, I just send it off to so-and-so. Not the right so-and-so, the wrong so-and-so. And so, I come across the right so-and-so. Said, would you come talk to me for a minute? Said, yeah. Said, I've really tried to apply these faith principles. I have tried so hard to apply these faith principles, and I don't think I've abandoned it yet. I said, well, brother, what's the problem? What have you asked God for? A certain amount of money. <laughs> How much? Exactly the same amount of money God told me to give him. Said, see. Money's not a problem in my life. It's just that I can't get it 
into my possession right now because he was from another country. And so although he had the money, he didn't have the money in his possession. How many know you can't go to the grocery store saying my money's in South Africa somewhere? It'll be here tomorrow. Do you think you could do that? No. But by this time I had the money in the mail. Same amount of money. You want to kick yourself. And you want to say this human reasoning just gets in the way all the time. Because, you see, we look at the outward appearances. We don't always stay in tune with spiritual matters as we shoot in the heart. So I call the post office. <laughs> God of a second chance. <laughs> He's the God of a second chance. So I call the post office and I said, please, can I intercept this particular you know, piece of mail that I sent out? I said, yeah, no problem. We've got it right here for you. Went down there, picked it up, ripped up the check, wrote out a check, said, brother, I should have obeyed God the first time. This is yours. It was the exact same amount of money. But you know, I delayed that thing for two days because of what I did. See? Now, had I just responded immediately, he'd have received it probably within the hour after he prayed. It wasn't God getting it to him that was a problem. Sometimes people need to be dealt with. Can you see that? What about that job you asked God for? See, did you know that sometimes people have to be dealt with before it can be yours? That's the truth. And the reason why we're to persevere is like Daniel for those 21 days. It wasn't that God didn't hear. It wasn't that God didn't dispatch angels. It wasn't that God didn't set things in motion and it was already coming your way. And it also wasn't the fact that the power of God wasn't unleashed in your body and it was going to work against that disease that was in your body. It indeed did begin to work. We've got to persevere to drive the thing out. We've got to persevere to make a highway so God continued to move upon the hearts and the minds of people that need to be dealt with. See? And even though we're believers, we're hard to be dealt with. Can you imagine non-believers? <laughs> you know, non-believers sometimes have to be dealt with by God on the behalf of believers. And so we persevere. Why? Because God's at work. We know God is at work. We persevere knowing God is at work. And we stay with it. We stick to it. We persevere. We persist. We don't get off and abandon the cor- our course of action because we know that God's work. While we are looking at that which is not seen, God is beginning to work upon the things that are seen in the natural world. And then, you know, as we continue in it. Now, if we abandon that project, then, of course, his power stops flowing in that area. And so that's why, you know, in many cases, you know, God has got to, to move in such a way that it doesn't happen instantaneously. I'll tell you, at the time that we had received some uh, financial assistance from somebody, I'll, I'll be frank about it. Does this baffle your mind? Sometimes God just chooses to do funny things. Here's some people that wouldn't even consider giving us two cents. You know anybody like that? You know anybody that wouldn't give you two cents? Yeah. I'm... Well, they sent us a check for $200. And didn't know why they did it. Well, I know why they did was because I said, I believe I receive it. And God moved upon, I don't know, maybe he moved upon 10 others before he got a hold of them. But he finally got a hold of them. You know, he's just looking for somebody to write out the check sometimes. And so he did move upon their hearts and minds. And they just sent it out and said, we don't know. In the letter, it said, we don't know why we're doing this. That was encouraging. (laughs) Could have said, we don't like you. (laughs) Never have, probably never will. We're glad you left the church. We kind of hope you fall. (laughs) Be kind. Well, we did get the left foot of fellowship. (laughs) Never mind. But anyhow, God told us to give you this money. You think the other part bothered me? I said, I don't doubt it. I'll take it. I'll pay the the rent. (laughs) But why did he move upon their hearts and minds? Why? Because we kept it in the spiritual world. Can you see that? And God will continue to move upon people's hearts until finally someone says, I'll do it, Lord. Can you see that? I remember one one time he moved upon our hearts. My heart in particular to go down to the welfare office with a certain amount of money. You do crazy things when you first get saved. I went down to the welfare office... Who wants to spend half a day down in a welfare office? Let alone watching everybody come in and go out. 
I'm sitting down in the chair. I'm just waiting. <laughs> just, just sitting there waiting. Just, just humming. You know. Singing to the Lord. With a certain amount of money in the envelope. Just sitting there. Finally. You talk about instant. I wish it would have been an instant person to give this money to. But there wasn't one. Until finally this young girl walks in with this baby. And I looked over at her and then, then finally, the okay came. That's the one. Give it to her. Walked over to her, gave her the amount of money, said, I don't know you. You don't know me. But the Lord spoke to my heart and said to give you this. There's some crazy things we're told to do, you know. But we did it. I did it. And she looked at me and she said, just today I asked God to help me. Just today. You see, you see why it's so important to know that God is at work in the spiritual world? And that we can be actively involved in it? She asked God for it. I should have said, would you please, a little bit, please be a little bit more specific next time? <laughs> you know, I really didn't like spending half a day down here. I could have my grass cut, you know. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But you just do some crazy things, you know. But, but it takes time because... Now, what if I didn't know where the welfare office was? I probably would have had her meet her at the grocery store. The next day. You think, see why things are delayed sometimes? Do you think God knew she'd be at that welfare office? Yeah. Why would he tell me to go down to the welfare office? Because he knew she's going to be there. Now, if I had said, well, I'm going to take a shower first, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to cut my grass first and then take a shower, then go down, she'd have been there and gone. Then I'd have been done my shower, I'd have been in the shower, and the Lord would have said, now, forget the welfare office, once you're going down to the library. Can you see that? And, you know, maybe by that time, I would have missed her there, and he'd have said, well, I'll go over to the grocery store. And she'd have been standing on the outside eating some grocery and not having any money. Just the point is, God needs to use guys like us, girls like you. And we're not always right on all the time, Right? And that's why it doesn't always happen instantaneously. Because we've got to, first of all, rationalize things out, reason things out in our mind. And most definitely we always conclude, well, it must be me. And then finally after he gets us and wakes us up seven times during the night. I don't know whoever prays prayers like that. Lord, wake me up. Whoever prays prayers like that. I say, Lord, let me sleep. When I awaken, I'll do anything you want. Anything you want. Oh, well, <laughs> look at you. We'll close at James. I better close. We'll close at James 1, 5. <laughs> if you want to wake me up, if you need to wake me up, wake me up. But please let me sleep. <laughs> Everybody else wakes me up. Let me sleep. <laughs> oh, glory. Sometimes it's delayed. I don't know if you're going to be ready for this one. Before I said because others need to be dealt with. Sometimes it's delayed because we need to be dealt with. I need to be dealt with. Say that with me. I need to be dealt with. (laughs) See, in James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, you need wisdom from God. You've got to receive it by faith. You need direction for your life. You've got to receive it by faith. Now listen. If any of you lack wisdom or direction for your life, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. It shall be given him, but let him ask in faith. Now, you know, why couldn't he just one time say, well, let him ask with a bunch of doubt and unbelief. I'll tell you what, I'd get it in a minute. Wouldn't you? It wouldn't matter matter whether or not you said, well, it doesn't look like I'm healed. Would it? Because he said, let him ask full of doubt and unbelief. But he didn't say that. He said, let him ask in faith. And I like this part. Without wavering. Without vacillating between two opinions. If you would have said, let him be like a yo-yo. We'd all get it tonight. Right? Wouldn't we? But no, he has to say, let him ask in faith without wavering. Because he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man will receive everything. Oh, it doesn't say that, does it? 
I'm going to tell you, if you could be rewarded for your double-mindedness, you'd have a storehouse full of rewards. Right? We all would, wouldn't we? We'd be overflowing with blessings. But no, a double-minded man is unstable. (laughs) Right. Unstable in all his ways. So now look at what he's saying. Sometimes we've got to be dealt with. Why? Because we're not always in the best position to receive what we want from him. And so we've got to settle ourselves down. We've got to become decisive. We can't be double-minded. We cannot waver. We've got to focus in. We've got to realize that when I ask God for direction for my life today, tomorrow I can't start saying, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. You see why it's delayed? Yesterday you were leaving Pennsylvania and you made it all the way into Ohio. And then the next day you got up and lo and behold found yourself back in Pennsylvania because you said, I just don't know what the Lord wants me to do with my life. And so you went back to the drawing board and said, now, Lord, I know you want to give me direction for my life. And I'm asking you for direction. I'm asking you for wisdom. I don't want any more confusion. I believe I received direction for my life. I believe I received direction in my spirit, illumination to my mind. And I know what you have me to do with my life because my steps are ordered of you. And then the next day you get up in the morning and you say again, I just don't know what to do. Who has to be dealt with? He's probably saying, boot them out of Pennsylvania. Get them on the road. Do something, you know. Please. We've got to be dealt with. Can you see that? We've got to start realizing, I can't stay here and expect to get there. What am I going to start saying? I asked God yesterday for direction, and today I say He heard me. And today I say I have it. And I'm not confused, praise God. My heart is being directed by God right now. And the next day when you get up, you're getting out of Ohio now. Glory to God, I believe I received direction in my life. I know exactly what God has for me. And Father, I thank you for it. I'm asking in faith and believing. Do you see that? You're on your road. You're on your course. You've been dealt with. What's to expect? The answer to your prayer. That's what. It will materialize. Can you see that? Well, it's been nice traveling with you this evening. (laughs) Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.